Next year, Bo Nix brings back to the quarterback position stability and a lot of talent on the field, but I think him coming back to the Ducks is even more important than that. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. Like, comment, subscribe, please, and thank you. Five-star views on Apple Podcasts. Appreciate those as well. Wherever you listen to or watch the show, I appreciate you and giving me some feedback that you like it, or maybe if you don't like it, that's all helpful. So is Bonex coming back at quarterback for the Ducks next year. And... I was thinking about this because that's kind of what I do. That's that's the shtick here. I think about things regarding the Ducks. I try not to think about men's basketball and what happened last night. And then I come and talk to you about them. And then you give me your thoughts and whether or not you agree. I think there's even more upside to Bo Nix coming back than you'd initially think. Because when you hear, you know, Bo is coming back, you think of all the great plays as you should. He completed 71.5% of his passes this year. He had 40 total touchdowns, just six interceptions. I wouldn't say he was the sole catalyst of the offense, but man, he was one of the big ones. And compared to what we had a quarterback last year and the way that offense looked, it was a huge step up. And it's a big reason why Oregon's offense was so successful this year. And it was what was winning them games. And Bonix was leading the charge. He executed it well. He made checks well. He threw the ball really well. So many things on the field went great. But think about this as well. And I understand a lot of you disappointed or frustrated, upset about Dante Moore. Totally get that. And I have another thought on that coming up in, in a moment. But as it pertains to Bonix coming back to the Ducks, think about in the day and age of college football where guys have often foregone years of eligibility to go to the NFL, what it means to the guys in that locker room who heard, hey, Bo's coming back. I think it sends a clear message to everybody else within that team that, hey, we're not coming back to just be good. We're trying to be great. Whether or not they can do that, we're going to have to wait to see what happens this offseason. A lot of moves still have to be made. But Bo Nix, his leadership is what he also brings back to the table. His presence there sets a mindset amongst the other players in the locker room who see that news of, okay, we're here, we're doing this, we're going to have a chance to get back to the conference championship game, to compete for a college football playoff spot. Won't be easy next year, but you got a much better shot doing it with Bo Nix at quarterback than anybody else who you don't know what his production would actually look like on the field. And I don't think it'd be a huge recruiting benefit. You know, at this point, it's been a recruiting drawback because the Bo Nix news preceded Dante Moore decommitting from the Ducks. But if you're an incoming true freshman in this 2023 class, and you know this is National Signing Day, so hopefully 
all these names end up being Ducks. Seems like they will be, but as we know, a lot can change in a short amount of time with big-time players. Never know. Not counting my chickens before they hatch. But I look at players like Jurion Dickey. I look at players like Ashton Kozart, like Kenyon Sadiq. Kozart appears to be locked in. And as those skill position players and others who will consider the Ducks in the future think about, well, what sort of appeal does Oregon have? You know, in the immediate future, if I'm someone who's going to be playing or look at a transfer portal guy like Treshawn Holden, the ability to look at that quarterback position and say, there isn't just an experienced, talented quarterback back there. There's a guy who had the option to leave. I would not have held it against him one bit. I think there was a solid justification for Bo Nix to say, no, I want to go to the NFL. My time in college football has been great. I love Oregon, but I've been here for four years. I don't want to go to classes anymore. I don't want to deal with the college schedule because it's a lot as a student athlete. I just want to play football and I want to get started on my professional career. And I feel like I've elevated my draft stock appropriately to do that. None of us would have been able to say that he didn't give us everything because he did. And now he's going to give us even more. And that's a clear message to us that he deserves our respect even more than he already had it. But it's a message to the guys in that locker room too. And I think his leadership this year was tremendous. I watched his body language all season long. He was engaged. He cared. He gave a rip. He wanted to be better. When things weren't going the way they were supposed to offensively, he didn't go over, sit there, and pout. He didn't just get frustrated. He didn't go off in a corner. No, he's talking with his players. He's talking with his offensive linemen. He's a leader in that locker room. And that's a really tough thing to do for a guy who just arrived on campus in the spring. That is a really difficult thing to do. And he has clearly done that. And he's earned our respect, which is arguably even tougher. He had it for me all season long with his play. But then that Utah game, Someone whose mentality is, I've got to preserve myself and think about what is the best next step for me, would not have played in that Utah game. But Bo did. Bo played. And he played his butt off. (laughs) We all saw it. Heck, in the Oregon State game too. Dude was not 100%. But he went out there and he won against Utah. And he played really well against Oregon State, and the defense and special teams let them down. And I think that message to the Oregon players, to the fans and everyone else, is something we should feel really, really good about. Because you need a strong leader at the quarterback position. You you need someone who the guys believe in, who they like, who they respect. And Bo Nix is certainly that. And on the Dante Moore front, it is disappointing. I, I, it, it is not the best situation long-term for Dante Moore to have flipped to UCLA. It is the best situation short-term. Because if you're feeling upset or distraught about Dante Moore flipping to UCLA, and well, what are we going to do You know, after Bo Nix is out of eligibility next year? How's that all going to go down? You can't know for certain 
how the future is going to unfold. If you could, you would just go to my friends at Bet Online and make all the money you could possibly want. Your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. I imagine the odds of Dante Moore flipping eh, would have been pretty, pretty long a couple weeks ago, but of course that came to fruition. You never know. Go check out my friends at Bet Online. I got to be honest, guys, that was a pretty smooth ad read transition. I don't usually toot my own horn like that, but I try to get creative and keep it fun. And a lot of you have appreciated that, which I appreciate your appreciation for it because I do put thought into it, but I'm also doing it live. And sometimes I'm like, ah, that was a little clunky. Ah, that was a little iffy. That one was pretty good. That one, that one felt, that one felt like it was pretty good. But here's the upside for Oregon with regards to the quarterback situation, if you're one of the, I'm sure, many Oregon fans feeling disappointed, let down, frustrated with regards to Dante Moore not coming to Oregon. It is not the best quarterback situation the Ducks could have had. That would have been Dante Moore arrives. He sits behind Bo Nix for a year, and he's the starter in 2024, 2025, and 2026. That's what I wanted to happen. He's able to redshirt next year, be in the room with Ty Thompson, and then be the starter going forward. That's what I wanted. And we're not going to get that, and I'm disappointed. It's not a disaster, but it's also not the ideal situation. But is it the worst possible outcome as it pertains to Oregon's quarterbacking quarterbacking in the years to come? The answer is no. Because in the age of the transfer portal, it is my view that the Ducks needed Bo Nix for 2023 more than we need a Dante Moore for 2024. Look at the lineup of quarterbacks that are going to be in the Pac-12 next year. Heck, look at them this year. They were really, really good. Here's a list of guys that as of right now, we know are going to be in the Pac-12 next year. And Oregon will play against all of these guys at one point in time. Caleb Williams, you might have heard of him. He just won this award. They give this trophy. They have this big ceremony every year in college football. An Oregon player, actually, a quarterback, won it uh, many, many moons ago. Eight years ago, to be exact. Um, His name's Caleb Williams, and he won the Heisman. Michael Penix, I don't think we need to go down that road of realizing what he's capable of in that Huskies offense. We have to play them on the road next year. Dante Moore may very well be a true freshman at UCLA. We'll see what he becomes. We'll see what he could do there. Maybe he doesn't even win the starting job. He certainly got a better chance to start there than he would have at Oregon, but Dante Moore's there. Cam Ward is at Washington State. Yeah, you remember that game that we probably should have lost and pulled a rabbit out of the hat for? Cam Ward was a big driving force for that. And all he did since then was get better and better and better. Washington State has some coaching turnover that they're struggling with at the moment. Lost their OC and their DC, but Cam Ward, still a good player. You know who I still haven't listed? Oh, that would be the guy who's led the Utes to back-to-back Pac-12 championships. 
I don't anticipate Cam Rising going to the NFL. He doesn't have a lot of NFL traits. He's big enough, but his arm, it's not great. But he is still a really good college football player. Don't know if Tanner McKee is back at Stanford. Somehow he grades highly in NFL draft circles. That boggles my mind. It does. I. He's fine, but he's, you know, on some people's boards, like the fourth best quarterback in the draft. And I'm just like, what am I missing here? He, he is a statue and he's got a good, not great arm. I don't know. I, it's it's bizarre. They did the same thing with Davis Mills. I was like, uh, okay. And the Texans took a shot on him, and guess what? Yeah, he's now the guy. They're taking a quarterback number one overall this year. And we still don't know what other transfers are going to come in. So if you're talking about, going back to my original point here, I know I got a little sidetracked. It happens from time to time. If you're talking about Oregon being competitive in 2023 for a conference championship and maybe even a Pac-12 or a, a college football playoff spot, you needed Bo Nix because Dante Moore is an unknown commodity. But I know for certain, and if Bo had left and Dante had stayed and Dante was a starter, yeah, he has the potential to be a really good player, the likes of which I know that Bo Nix is right now. And even as a highly rated recruit, the odds that Dante Moore is as good as Bo Nix is now as a true freshman, are pretty slim. Because remember, Herbert worked himself to be the number five pick in the draft, which is exactly what Dante Moore wants to do and could potentially do. He's a really, really accurate passer, got a great throw in motion. We all know that sort of stuff. But remember, Herbert is a true freshman, had a lot of great traits, did a lot of really good things, wasn't even as close to as good as he was as a senior. His numbers did not reflect that because he didn't have a great supporting cast around him. He had a questionable offensive coordinator calling the plays in Marcus Arroyo. He had a very run-heavy attack, but he did not make the same sorts of mistakes as consistently as a senior as he did as a freshman. He got a lot better. Bo Nix doesn't have a lot better to get. I mean, he just had his best season of college football. How much better can he get? I mean, I mean, really, I don't think Bo Nix has that much room, if any, left to hit his ceiling as a college football quarterback. Dante Moore, guaranteed, has a long way to go. So if Oregon's going to be a team that contends for a conference championship, which they could be, be harder than this year, I think, but it's still possible, you need Bo Nix for that more than you need Dante Moore for 2024 and beyond. Because... We don't know what they're going to get at quarterback. Maybe they go after the Dylan Rayola guy. I don't know. Number number one overall player who's a quarterback in the class of 2024. Maybe he can light it up as a true freshman if Oregon gets him to, to come to Eugene. But in the age of the transfer portal now, you have to think more about the present than the future. And the present that I'm talking about here is the future in a sense because it's next season. But you have to consider that more heavily because of how quickly you can retool with a lot of great players at every position, including quarterback. Look at the guys who are in the portal this year. Hudson Card is going to be a power five starter, can win games. He almost beat Alabama. 
He almost beat Alabama. You know who transferred away from Georgia? Justin Fields. You know, the guy that led Ohio State to a playoff and then a national championship game? <laughs> you you can find absurdly talented guys. And so it, it lessens the blow slightly of losing Dante Moore. I'm still bummed about it because there's no guarantee you're going to find that sort of portal player at the quarterback position. But the opportunity for that is greater than it used to be. And so Bo Nix is vital. Like, if you don't have Bo Nix going into next year, I don't think Oregon can contend for a conference championship. You'd be asking too much of an inexperienced player. You'd be asking way too much of an inexperienced player, whether that's Ty Thompson or Dante Moore. You would have been asking far more than I think either could have been capable of in a realistic college football world. You would have liked to have had Dante Moore for 2024 and beyond, but you needed Bo Nix in 2023. So that's the last shred of optimism that that I've got on that front. Still bummed about it though. Not bummed that I'm finally getting to a topic I've been meaning to discuss for a few days and then, you know, news kept rolling in, which is okay cuz after the holiday bowl, which I'll probably talk about uh on on tomorrow's show, uh just for those of you who listen to me regularly, I will be uh taking a brief absence from the show. Don't worry, everything's fine. There's this thing. They they call them the holidays. And uh, colloquially in society, it is seen as a an opportunity to gather with family and spend time with them. So I'll be in Disneyland. So if any of you will be in Disneyland from the 20... When am I going to be there? From the, like the 23rd to the 26th. Let me know. We can meet up and say hi or whatever. Maybe grab a beer or something. But um, so I, I won't be doing the shows for a few days. You will still get the same number of episodes as you would in any other month. There'll just be a little little gap there. But tomorrow's show will be the last one I do for several days. And then the next one will be probably next Wednesday or so. Um, hope you can understand that and forgive me. But Talk about what to look for in the Alamo Bowl on the, on tomorrow's show. But right now I want to talk about Kyrie Jackson. And Kyrie Jackson comes to the Ducks by way of Alabama, the second member of the Crimson Tide to join Oregon this offseason. Welcome to the program, Kyrie Jackson. Played a lot of wide receiver in high school. I'm always intrigued by those guys. I'm always intrigued by guys who have played both sides of the ball for a couple of reasons. Number one, DBs who have a history of wide receiver usually have pretty good ball skills. So Gonzo is an elite corner, as we know. Biggest thing he's got to work on, ball skills, right? Had the ball wrestled away from him by a Washington wide receiver when it looked like he had a pick, ball skills. Wide receivers tend to be very good at that. The other reason that I am intrigued by corners who used to be wide receivers is I am a Seattle Seahawks fan, and we've had a lot of success taking those sorts of guys. And corners who played a lot of wide receiver understand route concepts, understand tendencies, understand what a receiver is thinking. So if he has the physical traits and the ability to learn a scheme and figure out the X's and O's on that side of the ball, you can have a really high ceiling. 
and Richard Sherman played wide receiver at Stanford, and Tariq Woolen played wide receiver at UTSA, and both of them are two of the best corners, probably the two best corners of my life, to come through Seattle and play for the Seahawks. So I'm always intrigued by that. He was listed when he got to Bama as one of the top JUCO prospects in the country. He spent a couple of seasons at Fort Scott Community College in Kansas, which has a couple of good uh, JUCO football teams, by the way. He spent two years at Alabama. He's got just one year of eligibility remaining. So I think that you know fits in in kind of the mold of he can play this year. We know what we'll get from him while we start to incorporate younger guys or develop them on, on the roster. But he played more last year than this season, which does give me some pause. But he played in 12 games a year ago. He played in nine this year. He was suspended for an undisclosed reason against Auburn. Make of that what you will. I, I haven't heard of a at least too many instances that I can think of, of a suspension for an undisclosed reason. I don't know. There's some potential there um, to, to to cause an... Because I just don't know what it is. I, I Like, I, I, I don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. So I'm giving Dan Lanning and the staff the benefit of the doubt that they've done their due diligence so that it won't cause any more issues or, or be something that we have to talk about again here on the show. But... He great is a three-star transfer quarterback cornerback coming from Alabama. He is 6'3, 197. And that first number is much more impactful than the second number. Six foot three is a big-bodied corner. And Gonzo is, I think, like six foot six one, right? Not in the 5'10, 5'11 mold, but six foot three. That's a really tall corner. So he chose the Ducks over Kentucky, who he had just visited. Which is a which is a good program to beat out for for that. That's always a good measure, whether you're in the prep ranks or the transfer portal ranks, of understanding what to expect from a guy. What other schools were after him? Kentucky's been a good football program in the SEC, and he's opting to come to Oregon instead. I think he will have a really good opportunity to be a starting corner. He he's a guy who was playing pretty regularly. On last year's Bama team that got to the national championship, played a little less this year. Maybe that's because Bama got more talent in their cornerback room. Don't know all the ins and outs of that, but I, I feel like he'll have a really good chance to be a starter because corner is up in the air with Gonzo not there, and the number two corner slot was kind of a revolving door. I'm, I'm not certain. I tend to lead towards transfers are going to start. Because that's why you add him, especially experienced guys like this. He probably will play a good bunch. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he plays a lot early. And if the results are just okay, the staff is willing to play him a little less. Just kind of a feeling. Because that's what happened at Bama. And he's got one year left. And I think there are some talented guys in that room. Um, most notably, Jalil Florence. I'm very high on Jalil Florence. That will continue to be a recurring theme when we talk about the secondary. But... Um, Anyway, noteworthy addition there because he's probably going to be a starting corner in game one, which will be either against Portland State or Hawaii. We don't know the dates of uh, that stuff yet. A couple quick notes. Uh, Dawson Jaramillo entered the transfer portal. He played a lot more last year, not as much this year, was a backup offensive lineman, did a lot of versatile things. As a Lake Oswego graduate, 
I have to give him a shout out on here because he did a lot of great things for the Ducks. He played a lot in that win against Ohio State. He just showed up and worked hard. And anytime someone went down with an injury and he had to do a spot start or come in in the middle of the game at multiple positions, he was just solid. He transferred to NC State, wishing that guy nothing but the best. Roll, uh, roll curs. And then I talked about Justin Flo and how, you know, when he went in the portal, I wasn't that surprised. I'd kind of called that before it took place. Like, hey, don't be surprised if this happens. Lo and behold, here we are. But what I said about his career is that his development of understanding football got derailed by injuries, but so too did his physical prowess that made him such a highly sought after recruit. And he's going to Arizona. And to me, that is confirmation of what I thought, which is that, unfortunately, the leg injury he suffered last year has limited his physical upside and his elite traits that he had. Because if he were still that five-star, highlight real machine caliber athlete, he would have been able to go somewhere better than Arizona, which is a nice program right now, trending like this, but... If he were st- if it were a huge monumental loss the way some people might see it, it's like, oh my gosh, he was such a highly rated recruit, second highest in Oregon history, big five-star guy. Yeah, he's not that guy anymore. And going to Arizona rather than a USC or a Coach Prime at Colorado or something like that, I, I think is confirmation of that. He can still be a solid player, but I think unfortunately the injuries have just made him different than what made him such a highly sought-after recruit, which is a bummer, but I, I think that that's just, just where the situation sits right now. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.